Hello, this is Ryan Gottfordson, the author of Success Mindsets, your keys to unlocking greater success in your life, work, and leadership. And you're listening to My Quest for the Best with Bill Ringel. Listen up, small business founders, senior managers, and rising stars. Bill Ringel here, host of My Quest for the Best, where ambitious small business leaders discover strategies and tactics to unlock your growth potential. On each episode, I bring you the inside stories from published and accomplished guests who want to share their knowledge and experiences so you can be more successful in leading your people, managing your business, and navigating towards more growth and more impact in a changing and challenging landscape. Let's dive in. Joining me today is Ryan Gottfriedson. Ryan is a mental success coach and leadership consultant, trainer, and researcher. His focus is to improve organizations, leaders, teams, and employees by improving their mindsets. Ryan is currently a leadership and management professor at Mahalo College of Business and Economics at California State University, Fullerton. He holds a PhD in organizational behavior and human resources from Indiana University. He's worked with such organizations such as CVS Health, Deutsche Telekom, Modelez, and lives in Anaheim, California with his wife and two children. He's here to talk about his book, Success Mindsets, your keys to unlocking greater success in your life, work, and leadership. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me on, Bill. I've been looking forward to this. It's great to have you here. Hey, Ryan, tell me, when you were growing up, who's someone who influenced or inspired you? When you ask that question, the first thing that pops into my mind is the person who I had on my walls in my bedroom all growing up. And let me preface this by saying that I grew up in Utah. I grew up a Utah jazz fan, and I despised the Chicago Bulls because they prevented us from winning the NBA championship. But that being said, the person that was plastered all over my walls growing up was Michael Jordan. And so I think in many ways, he may be one of the most influential people that I'm aware of because he shaped a lot of really how I feel like I've tried to live my life over the last you know, 35, 36 years. I have to dig into a couple specifics about that. When you think of Michael Jordan, my gosh, someone who's so dedicated to his craft, someone who has such a, a champion's mindset, someone who really has that resilience and, and great talent. What is it that you think of when you relate to him as someone who you looked at every day growing up since you've had that poster in your room? I think that what he did was he inspired me to desire greatness. Is that's what he wanted. And he helped me believe that through hard work, you can become great. Now, I get it, right? Michael Jordan is world-class. I don't know if there'll ever be anybody like Michael Jordan or as great as Michael Jordan when it comes to basketball. But obviously, I, I was a basketball player growing up, but he just inspired me with the idea that I could become great. And he helped me see that in order to become great, you must continually learn. And it's not going to be a linear line. You're going to have times in which you're missing the last second shot. But there's going to be other times that because you missed that last second shot, you're going to be able to learn from that situation and bounce back and be even better afterwards. And so it helped me to see that your journey to your destination isn't without difficulty. But you've got to expect that difficulty and even enjoy that difficulty because it's all part of the process of becoming great. That's not an easy lesson to learn, to enjoy the difficulty. Can you remember a time growing up or even your early career when you had an experience that was difficult and you kind of reflected back and thought, well, what would Michael do? <laughs> yeah, and it took me a little while to come back to that. So 
when I was in high school and playing basketball and, and had Michael Jordan on my wall, I was very goal oriented. And what I'm going to call as we probably get into this promotion minded, I was focused on winning. I was focused on getting to a destination. I had a strong purpose. And then when I went away to college, I very quickly learned that living on your own is not easy. And I stopped playing basketball at that point in time. And so I didn't have really strong goals, which I usually had around athletics. And what I kind of fell back into is what is called a prevention mindset. So rather than being focused on a destination, I was just became focused on not having problems. Because living on your own was difficult, as long as I wasn't having problems, you know, I could count that as being a success. And really, through most of my adult life, I carried that mindset of as long as I don't have problems, I'm successful. And so some evidence of that was I was able to avoid student debt through my undergraduate and PhD programs. I didn't want to start my own business because I saw that as being too risky. In fact, I think I got into academia because I saw it as a pretty safe career choice. So while I think it was really great that I got a PhD and I learned a lot from it, at the end of the day, I think I did it because it wasn't risky and there would be some good work-life balance. But when I hit my mid-30s and really just a few years ago, I realized that my life was not where I wanted it to be when I was younger. That by this point in time in my life, I used to have bigger dreams than what I was currently living. And and when I realized that and I started to dive into the research behind mindsets, I realized that I had this prevention mindset. And that if I wanted to get where I wanted to go, I needed to make a shift and develop more of a promotion mindset. I needed to go back to that mindset that I had in high school where I was willing to try new things and to even fail in an effort to win and to become great. So Ryan, your area of research is mindset. And we have decades of academic research, including the pivotal publication of Carol Dweck's Growth Mindsets book. Help us sum up and just establish a baseline point of what are two or three key principles of what is a mindset and how it differs from, say, someone's attitude, someone's thinking, or even their their nature or disposition. Our mindsets are the mental lenses that we wear that shape how we view the world. And because they shape how we view the world, they're actually foundational to everything that we do because how we see the world shapes how we think, how we learn, and how we behave. So when when we talk about our attitudes and behaviors, those are actually all shaped by our mindsets. In fact, and the thing that's interesting about this is that for most of us, we're not conscious to our mindsets, is that we've been wearing these mental lenses our whole lives, and we tend to think that the mental lenses that we have are the best mental lenses that we can have. But the reality is, is everybody out there has their own unique lenses that they're viewing life through, and some are better than others. And so if we can become conscious of our mindsets, which most people usually aren't, when we become conscious of these mindsets, then we become empowered to do something about it. It's like if I was walking around with some goofy looking red lens glasses, my eyes would just kind of be become adjusted and accustomed to that way of seeing the world. And it wouldn't be until somebody walked up to me and said, hey, those are some pretty goofy glasses. I'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? Well, now that I know that, 
Now I could do something about it. I could take those off and I could look at the world in a much better way. Yet really we have not just one set of lenses, but a myriad of lenses and mindsets that are rotated unconsciously depending upon different triggers, right? People have different mindsets at home than they do at work. They have different mindsets at work meeting with one group versus another department. Doesn't that rotate through a huge set of these lenses, Ryan? So when I first started to learn about some of the research that are demonstrating how our mindsets truly are foundational to everything that we do, I asked the question, well, what mindsets do I need to have to be successful? And I did something that, of course, any great academic would do is the first thing I did is I went to Google and I type in what mindsets do I need to have to be successful? I literally type that in and I'm looking at across these results. And what I'm finding is that most of the time, the articles that were popping up, they're actually not even talking about mindsets. They're talking about behaviors. And so that's why I realized, okay, Google's not going to give me the answers. I need to dive into the academic literature. And as I, I kind of opened the floodgates to look across all different disciplines, and what I found is that across psychology, education, management, and marketing, there's primarily been four different sets of mindsets that have been researched for over 30 years. And each of these sets of mindsets have been studied in relative isolation from each other. But despite that, they're all finding that our, our mindsets drive our thinking, learning, and our behavior. Additionally, all four of these sets of mindsets are identifying a negative mindset and a positive mindset that exists along a continuum. What you've done is you found out, first of all, let me call this out to everyone listening, Google doesn't have all the answers all the time. <laughs> so right there is a big takeaway for a lot of people. Hold on. <laughs> You're now getting something that is deeper and you've synthesized four different continuums. And by looking at these from a negative to positive continuum, because they, they are on a continuum, they're not toggles, one or the other, right? Correct, yep. So these are four continuums. And if you can look at these four continuums, these four axes, then you can see where your mindset is and start to explore and be aware of where it is. Ryan, can you just quickly say what these four, and how do you speak about them? Or you talk about them as sets. I like to think of them as axes. Yeah, either one will work. Yeah, so there's four sets. And the first set is related to Carol Dweck's work, which is fixed versus growth mindsets. So when we have a fixed mindset, we don't believe that we can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. When we have a growth mindset, we do believe that we can change our talents, abilities, and intelligence. And what Carol Dweck's research has found is about half of the population has more of a fixed mindset. The other half has more of a growth mindset. And so when we have a fixed mindset, we are primarily concerned about looking good because when we fail or make mistakes, and we don't believe that we can change, we're left to interpret our mistakes and our failure as though we are a mistake or that we are a failure. Whereas those with the growth mindset who do believe that they can learn and grow, they interpret failure and mistakes as opportunities to learn. And that's going back to like one of the, the reasons why Michael Jordan was such a hero to me is he, he had mistakes and he would seek to learn from those. And he would recognize that these mistakes had nothing to do with him or who he was. And so that's the difference between fixed and growth mindsets. Ryan, let me ask you to name the next three 
in 30 seconds and go through this versus to this, this to that, this to that, you know, and then we'll go back in and go into a little bit more detail. Perfect. So the next set is close to open mindsets. This is the degree to which our minds are open to the ideas and suggestions of others. There's prevention and promotion mindset. This is the degree to which we are focusing on avoiding problems versus a destination and winning. And then the last set is inward to outward mindsets. And these relate to whether or not we're seeing others as objects or as people. Ryan, this is clear and it really helps organize a lot of the research that's out there. One other thing that would be really helpful is to think about this from the perspective of, say, a hiring manager in a small business. If you're aware of what these mindsets are, what's a a simple way to begin to get into observing and detecting what someone's mindset is rather than asking them, do you think you have more of a closed or open mindset? Because people will guess the answers that that an interviewer wants to hear. What's a way that someone who's looking to bring someone into their company with a strong mindset that could make positive contributions, what's a question or two that they ought to be asking or thinking about? Let me tell you about a company that I worked with. It's a property management company that's close to where I'm at in Orange County, California. And they have about 80 people within the organization. And they brought me in to work with their top 20 to 25 different leaders. And so what we did is we had them take my mindset assessment, which is actually free on my website that people could take to kind of see where they stand along these continuums. But we had the individuals take the mindset assessment in advance. And then when I met with them to do a workshop with them to develop their leadership and to improve their culture is I aggregated these results up to the collective level and I showed them to the group. And one of the things that was really interesting is we got to talking about the prevention versus promotion mindsets. And what we found is that they had an extremely strong prevention mindset. And the CEO essentially stood up and says, okay, I see that we have a prevention mindset, but I don't see what's wrong with this. And this was such a a great opportunity because it allowed us to dive into this. And it's really fascinating because what they had learned is that when they have problems with their customers, their customers leave. And so they have developed a focus on avoiding problems with their customers. And this is a justifiable place to be in. And this is what the CEO was talking about. He was saying, I don't see what's wrong with avoiding problems. And so we we took a step back and we were able to to explain and, and kind of ask him some questions. Well, what happens when an employee makes a mistake? How likely are they to bring that up to the rest of the group? Are they likely to do that? Or are they going to sweep it under the rug because they know how problematic having problems is? So at the end of the day, they're not addressing some of the core issues that they're commonly facing. And then in addition to that, if they want to be creative and innovative, can their employees do that while also be focused on avoiding mistakes and avoiding problems? Well, the reality is no, it's impossible to be creative and innovative and simultaneously avoid mistakes and problems. And so after seeing this, the CEO had this light bulb moment that said, oh my goodness, While we felt justified in avoiding problems, we are actually limiting our success and our accomplishment of our longer-term goals. So Ryan, would you say that every organization 
should strive to have a better growth mindset with openness, promotion, and outward focus? Or can people succeed in their organizations with having a mixture or somewhere along the continuum? Yes, they can succeed with having a mixture of different mindsets. And we most organizations do have a mixture. But at the same time is whenever we have the more negative mindsets, we're ultimately putting a cap in our success or our ability to succeed. And that if we truly want to maximize our potential, we've got to be on the positive side with each of these mindsets. And so one of the frameworks that I like to use that helps these ideas come to life is by focusing on some of the desires associated with these different mindsets. On the surface, they seem great and they're very justifiable. I mean, who wants to look bad, be wrong, have problems and get passed up? Well, nobody does. So we could justify this, but these desires are actually associated with the negative mindsets. And the reason for this is because we've got to ask ourselves, where is the focus of these desires? Well, it's on ourselves. When we have these desires, we are essentially in self-protection mode, and we are not in organization advance mode. And so it's easy to be justified in the self-protection mode, and oftentimes we're there just because we don't even know that there's higher ordered and better desires to have associated with the four positive mindsets. So the four positive desires are instead of a desire to look good, it's a desire to learn and grow. Instead of a desire to be right, it's a desire to find truth and think optimally. Instead of a desire to avoid problems, it's a desire to reach goals. Instead of a desire to get ahead, it's a desire to lift others. And if we can get our people to focus on learning and growing, thinking optimally, reaching goals and lifting others, we're going to operate much more effectively and successfully than organizations that are focused on looking good, being right, avoiding problems, and getting ahead. I think that's important to recognize because I was going through different departments in different organizations as you were saying that. And at first I thought, oh boy, we're going to have a discussion around how the accounting department, they definitely want to be right. <laughs> Yet when you put it in terms of the truth, that's even a bigger frame to be looking at. You know, we want our accountants to be right, and we also want them to have the truth even when the context may not be what people want. Precisely. These are just higher order desires. And sometimes it's just hard to get out of that self-focused mode and into something bigger and grander. So in startups that have risen to become really successful companies, I think of Pixar. And in your book, you talk about Ed Catmull's role in really shaping the culture and the mindset of the company leaders and management team. What did you learn with your study of Pixar? Yeah, Ed Catmull's got a fantastic book. I think it's my most favorite business book of all time called Creativity, Inc. And as you dive into learning about Ed Catmull and his leadership style, is he had these positive desires. And his job as president of Pixar was to not make all of the strategic decisions for the different movies that they're producing. His job, the way that he saw it, was to ensure that a culture of creativity and innovation was thriving within the organization. And if he could do that, he knew that everything else would take care of itself. And so some of the things that he focused on was, one, is it's not important that we look good. 
it's important that we learn and grow. So what he's saying by that is we've got to create room for people to make mistakes and that when they make mistakes, this doesn't mean anything bad against them because everybody makes mistakes. And so when you leave some space for the idea that people can look bad, then they could focus on learning and growing. Another idea that he promoted was the idea of candor. So the idea that you could speak up, kind of speak your mind without people getting defensive. And one of the, some of the things that they had to do is they had to flatten the hierarchy, but they also needed to create some safe spaces in order for that to occur. And they needed to help people understand that feedback is a good thing. And generally, when people are giving feedback, it is with very good intentions. And so if they can flatten the hierarchy and allow for discussion to occur without feeling judged, then they could speak more freely. Essentially, what he's he was doing is he was creating an environment of psychological safety, which Google in their research has found to be the most important factor for top performing teams. And it's really founded on the idea of open-mindedness. Ryan, are you ready for the My Quest for the Best lightning round? Let's do it. I love lightning rounds. So thinking about your work, if you could put a slogan that fit on a billboard that every key stakeholder, decision maker, company leader had to pass each morning for a month, what would you say in one sentence that we could put on that billboard? Success starts with mindsets. And what is the best $100 purchase or less you've made in the last six months, either in your business or personally? I'm going to go something that actually occurred. I bought two years ago, but I use it every day. And it's part of it's because it's sitting in front of me. It's a book called The Five-Minute Journal. And it is a book that invites you every morning to spend five minutes writing down three things you're grateful for, three things that would make today amazing, and two self-affirmations. And I credit this book for helping me make that shift from a prevention mindset to a promotion mindset. Because as I engage this on a daily basis and asking myself, how do I make today amazing, it started to help me bring a focus for my goals that I wanted to accomplish and away from the problems that I was traditionally focused on avoiding. Uh, So to me, that's been a game changer. We talked about a person who influenced or inspired you growing up. When you think back to what it was like then, what's a song that you remember that you found really inspirational growing up? It was called Shout by Tears for Fear. It's just about being bold, being out there, taking risks. I I think that's almost what I loved about it. Uh, And that's, I feel like, as I look at my my basketball career, not that it was anything great, but I think one of the reasons why I was able to excel relative to my peers is I was more willing to try new things during games than my peers were. You know, I was one of the first people of my peers to shoot layups with my non-dominant hand, my left hand. Because I was, while I may miss it in the game, I was more worried about developing that skill than looking good. And to me, that's kind of the, now what I now know is epitome of a growth mindset. When you think about the last year, here we are in the spring of 2020, and we're always thinking of what we need to add to our lives in order to make them better. What I want you to do is just reflect back for a moment And think about a routine, habit, or belief that you've stopped in the last year that's brought you the most pleasure or personal satisfaction. What would that be? 
I think that one of the best things that I've done, and I will say that there's times that I do this better than others. And so some, some days I need to do a better job. But if I can get, I usually wake up at five o'clock in the morning. And the first thing I do is I come to my desk, I do the five minute journal. And if I could stay off the internet, at least for the next two hours, I try to work from five until seven, almost undisturbed time. If I could stay off the internet for those two hours, I find myself to be so incredibly productive during that time. When I get onto the internet, very quickly, I'm starting to answer emails and and things like that, that I end up eating a significant portion of that two hours. And so uh, for me, just creating some dedicated, undisturbed time in which I could focus on really what is most important has, has been something that has been effective. So avoiding the internet, a space where I'm avoiding the internet. Well, Ryan, I want to thank you so much for joining me on my quest for the best. You've shared some great ideas and helped us think about when you were a little looking up to Michael Jordan, what a role model, someone who helped you connect the idea between hard work and outstanding performance. Learning that when you were, you reached a certain point of your life and you looked and you realized that you had bigger dreams than you were currently living, it caused you to say, wait a second, I've got to go back and find out what I need to change so that I start to live some of those bigger dreams again. And that led you to this fantastic work with mindsets. And you went to Google and you said, what mindsets do I need to be successful? And found that there was a lot of responses, but not very much that was useful. You helped us think about the four different sets of mindsets ranges between fixed and growth, closed and open, prevention, promotion, inward and outward, and how where each of those helps you think about what your focus is and your focus will help you adopt the mindset that will serve you best at that particular moment in time. You shared a great example of the property manager who had that discussion where they went through one of your workshops and took the mindset assessment and learned about what the mindsets were like for their team and how it might be limiting their opportunities to grow. And then we also talked about Pixar and what they needed to do in their culture in order to be effective. And Ed Catmull, who led Pixar after Steve Jobs founded it, um, wanted to make sure that his role was one of ensuring a culture of creativity and innovation and knowing that if he was the guardian of that, that all the other things would fall into place because that was one of the most important priorities from his perspective. Ryan Godfordson, you reminded us that success begins with mindset and that even if you're living a a best version of yourself, it might not be the very best. And one of the places to look for that is to work on improving your mindset. And you've given us some great tools in doing so. So for all these reasons and many more, I wanna thank you once again for joining me on my quest for the best. Hey, thanks for having me on. You've asked some great questions. I love it. Hey, Ryan, before we say goodbye for now, where could we find out more about you and your work online? Yeah, the best place is my website. It's ryangotfordson.com. And there on my website, you can take my mindset assessment for free. It's there available to you. Also check out my book, Success Mindsets. It's currently available in ebook and audiobook. uh, So give that a look as well. Thanks again, Ryan. Thank you. Hi, this is Bill, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast interview on my quest for the best. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite app so you never miss an episode full of stories, tips, and insights for the ambitious small business leader. Now I have a quick request for you. 
please go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a rating and review. My team and I really appreciate the feedback, and we read every comment to find out what you enjoy and what you want as we develop new content, course materials, and a few surprises that we have in store for you. When you rate and review my quest for the best, you help other small business leaders find us, subscribe to the podcast, and join the community. You can get the Insider's e-newsletter for small business leaders by going to myquestforthebest.com. We have chosen a challenging path to make a living and make a difference in the world, and I believe it's important to share top-notch resources with each other, which is why you'll find new episodes from top thought leaders and small business experts on My Quest for the Best each week. Thanks for listening and being part of the community. See you on the next episode.